let me in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ welcome you again to this special day in the history of the church a day that we commemorate the life and the ministry of the first bishop of the church a righteous man a great prayer warrior and an intercessor and of course a devoted church leader with impeccable character and that is St. James the Just the brother of the Lord and the first bishop of Jerusalem James was not among the twelve disciples of Jesus Christ we have James there, but this is not the same James that I want to talk about today. But James was captured to be among the 72 apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then I did some readings about his life, and I thank Father Sean for giving me this privilege. I've read this book many years back in the seminary, but then talking about James again I had to look at the book and then I appreciate more his life and ministry than when I was a student even in the seminary and I'm tempted to read so many things to you about him but time will not allow and I will try as much as possible to paraphrase and to see how he lived his life his dedication and many of us like in the time past I, will, I was thinking maybe I was a prayer warrior until I read again about the life of a man who enters the holies of holies every day to pray and to intercede until he was stoned until he was killed and why he was still stoned when why people were stoning him and he was in agony he continued the ministry of prayer and intercession and he said father don't mind them don't count this against them please let them be saved what a great man saint james was the son of joseph the betrothed from his first marriage he was blessed by God while he was still in his mother's womb and was so righteous in his life that all the Jews called him just. He was so righteous in his life. And at a very tender age, James lived a very ascetic life. He disciplined himself. He separated himself from certain things. And of course, he did not partake of wine or other strong drinks. In imitation of St. John the Baptist, he never ate anything that had breath of life within him. He never shaved his head and his beard, of course, as the law ordains for those who devote themselves to God. That you see in Numbers chapter 6. And verse 5. He never washed his hair, nor was he anointed with oil, since he cared more 
for the state of his soul than of his body. After the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, the apostles unanimously elected James the Just as the first bishop of Jerusalem. Perfect in all the virtues of action and completion, James alone entered the Holy of Holies in the New Testament not once a year as we read about what the old prophet did in the Old Testament, like the high priest, I mean, of the Jews. But he did this on daily basis in order to celebrate the holy sacraments dressed in a liner garment. He will enter the temple and kneel for hours. Every day, he will enter the temple and kneel for hours praying for the people and the salvation of the world to such an extent that his knee became hard as stone. You can imagine somebody kneeling down every day to pray, to intercede. So his knee became so hard like a stone. He presided over the apostolic synod which discussed the question of whether Gentiles who adopted Christian faith should be circumcised. In the epistle read to us today, that is Act of the Apostles, we see in verse 20, if you have your bulletin there, let's see its response to the Gentile convert. And that is on page 2 of the bulletin. Act of the Apostles, chapter 15, and verse 20. He said, but you write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. The people, of course, the Jews felt that the converted Gentiles should also be bothered about circumcision. And so it was a huge debate in the early church. And then they had to write a letter to the first bishop. And then there was a synod that summoned even Paul and Peter and others. And so they deliberated about this. Should we bother these converted Gentiles about circumcision? And then the response of James, the first bishop, or that they should not be bothered about the circumcision. Rather, they should abstain from things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. In about the year 62 AD, or AD 62, Judea was in turmoil and anarchy after the death of Governor Festus. The Jews who had been foiled in their effort to have Paul put to death, they now turned their attention to James. They had tried to put Paul to death, but now because there was anarchy and Festus, the governor had died. And so they took that privilege. And what did they do? They invited James, come into the temple 
And then, because he was so respected, because of his life, come and deny Jesus. Deny Jesus in the midst of these people. And then, what did he do? He refused to deny Jesus. He proclaimed that Jesus is the Lord and the Savior who died for the sins of the old world. And then we must commend this Saint James. Why? Because he's a brother. He was a brother to Jesus. Another person would have undermined his own brother. I said, you were born in my very presence and I know about you. And then I wonder why you will become so holy like that and I will accept you as Lord. But then no, he accepted Jesus Christ as the Savior. And so he held on to this. And so by the time the Pharisees and other people knew that he would not denounce Jesus, let me, let me read as they did. And they turned their attention to James, whose fame as a just man had people believing in his teaching. Many people, ordinary and prominent citizens, had embraced the faith, and the scribes and the Pharisees were afraid that soon everyone will recognize the Messiah in the person of Christ. So, they presented themselves to the Bishop of James, of the Bishop of Jerusalem, and entreated him to speak to the crowd at the temple to make himself heard. He went onto a roof. They organized, go to the roof. Don't, if you just speak from here, people may not hear you very well. Go to the roof. Actually, they had an intention of putting him to death. And so he went to the roof. And then, despite, no, the scribe and the Pharisees were enraged because he did not denounce Jesus. And then they made him to fall from that roof. Despite the fall, he was not killed. And like Christ before him, prayed for his enemies until he was stoned and by a bystander, somebody was just going, came and he hit him on the head. Part of the version of the story said his brain came out, split. And right there, he, he died. Going forward about the life of this man that we celebrate today for his dedication and for defending the faith of the church, we have some similarities that existed between his life and that of John the Baptist, between him and also St. Paul. The first is the obvious similarity with John the Baptist. Both were dedicated to God from the early age. And maybe they were Nazarites. They were popular among the people for their virtuous lives and personalities. Both were outspoken in the face of official prayer and both were killed because they presented a threat to the establishment. We could see also another similarity between his life and that of Paul the Apostle of his leniency towards the Gentile convert that they should not put unnecessary burden on them as they grow in the Lord. Don't bother them about circumcision. Their belief and their confession that Jesus Christ is the Lord is sufficient for their salvation. And that was exactly what he communicated in his letter to the new converts. What are the things that are obvious in his life 
because I can go on and be telling you a lot of stories about him. But what are the things that we can quickly outline about his life? Number one, St. James, called the brother of our Lord, was one of the four sons of Joseph from a previous marriage. If you look at the portion for the gospel today, and you look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 55 following. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? So, number one thing you need to understand is that he was one of the four sons of Joseph from his previous marriage. And all of them were named in the scriptures, as I've just read to you. Number two thing you need to understand also is that this James, the holy apostle, accompanied his family when they fled to Egypt to escape the wrath of Herod shortly after Jesus was born. Number three thing you also need to understand is that this James was counted among the 70 disciples of the Lord. No doubt, he was always near Jesus. But the two apostles among the 12 named James are different men. Number four, although James was not one of the 12, he was so highly respected by peers that he became the first bishop of Jerusalem. Even with some of the apostles living there at that time. From this, it is clear that he was respected as a holy and righteous man. He governed Jerusalem for 30 years before his martyrdom. So for 30 years, he was going inside the Holy of Holies kneeling down every day for 30 years to intercede and to pray for the people. One thing that you need to understand very clearly there, which I must not but say, is that he was not elected as the first bishop of Jerusalem because of his relation to Jesus Christ or because he was a brother of, to Jesus Christ, but because of his dedication because of the impeccable character, because of the, the, the good things that they have seen in his life. That was why he was unanimously elected as the first bishop. And so no wonder today, the church also takes after him. We elect bishops today based on their character. We look at who is this person, and then we examine them. And then the house of bishop, or the, you know, in Nigeria I know, but I know it's different from what we do here. In Nigeria, the house of bishop will gather together, and they will say, well, we nominate this person, and they will look at his academics, they will look at spiritual life, they will look at his contribution to the church, and then they will elect, just as the, all the apostles unanimously elected James in this place. 
Number five thing you need to understand also is that St. James was respected by all, including unbelieving Jews, that he was nicknamed the just. James, the just. That was how it was described. Number six thing you need to understand is that St. James remained a virgin throughout his life. And he said to have never eaten fat or any oil at all throughout his life. St. James was also, number seven, was a great lover of long prayer vigils at night. And he said to have kneeled like a camel from his knee in prayer often. This number eight will interest you. He composed the first liturgy on the instruction of the Lord. It proved to be too long later, Christians used every day, and was later shortened by St. Basil and St. John Chrysostom. We still serve the liturgy of St. James to this day in some places. And then you see that in the epistle that he wrote, he talked more about healing. Because I'm sure that that was one of, that may be one of the subject of his prayer. He talked more about healing. Is anybody sick? Let him call the elders of the church. Let them anoint him. Even if he has sinned, God will forgive him. And by the prayer of the righteous, he will be made whole. He also talked about the fact that Elijah was one, a, a human being like us, who prayed that there will be no rain for three and a half years. And it was so. And then, and then also that we can do same. So you see in this place, you see in this very place that he talked about prayer, which was what he did mostly in these 30 years of his life. Of his ministry, I mean. Number nine. St. James wrote the epistle. St. James wrote this, the his epistle. I mean, St. James wrote the epistle of James. And it is remarkable in the New Testament for blunt and plain stress, stressing the moral life that a Christian must lead. So it was very blunt and was very plain. And number ten, St. James was martyred in Jerusalem. Let me capture this. When Ananias became the high priest, he decided along with other Jews, elders, to kill James as a preacher of Christ. One day at Pascha, when many people gathered together in Jerusalem, the elders told him to climb up onto the roof and speak against Christ. St. James climbed up there and began to speak to the people about Christ as the Son of God and the true Messiah and of his resurrection and eternal glory in heaven. The infuriated priests and elders cast him down from the roof and he was badly injured though still alive. A man then ran up and gave him such a vicious blow on the head that his brains split out. Thus, 
This glorious apostle of Jesus Christ died as a martyr and entered into the kingdom of his Lord. James was 63 years old when he suffered for Christ. So he died at the age of 63. Drawing the conclusion on this sermon, therefore, what are the lessons from his life? Number one, he devoted his life to Jesus at a tender age. No age is too small. Whether you are a young man here, and say, well, I'm still young. We used to hear that in Nigeria. I don't know about here. They say, well, I'm still young. Let me enjoy my life. When I'm, about, when I'm old, I will give my life to Jesus Christ. I don't know whether people say that here. So he devoted his life to Jesus Christ as a young man. May I ask you also, whether young or old, how devoted are you today? How devoted are your children to the Lord today? Number two, he did not defy himself. He had opportunity to defy himself. And you know that even as a young man or a young woman, old and adult today, or young and adult today, you can defy yourself. Just like Daniel in Babylon and John the Baptist, they kept themselves from defilement. And so also James in this place. Many things can defile us. Evil thoughts and intentions. What we think about others. Number three, he was a man of prayer. He will go into the Holy of Holies, as I've said, every day for 30 years to pray. How prayerful are you with your family at home? How prayerful are you? You need to consider this aspect of the life of James and then is worthy of emulation. Number four, he was bold in declaring the truth. He did not deny Jesus. Do we speak the truth? Are we bold to stand by the truth? And the last thing there also, second to the last, he prayed for his enemies. I must tell you, as simple as that appears in the scripture, is very difficult to do. He prayed for his enemies. People who were stoning him, were killing him, he prayed for them. And so we also must emulate this. I don't know who has offended you. I don't know what you know in your heart. I don't know the grudges in your heart. But you must let it go. As it is written in Mark chapter 11 and verse 26, and Matthew 6 and verse 15, forgive so that your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, can forgive you. And if you do not forgive, your heavenly Father, which is in heaven, will not forgive you. And finally, he served the Lord to the end. Are you also willing to serve the Lord to the end? Are you getting tired because of the prayer and difficulties of life? Are you considering alternatives? James served the Lord to the end. And as I speak from here, in my little incoherent words today, James is looking at us. And he said, I made it. I made it. 
Will you also make it after all your toil and effort here on earth? It is possible. If James made it, we can also make it. And it is my prayer that God will so strengthen us, empower us to remain dedicated to him to the very end. Shall we bow our heads? I'd like you to just talk to God very briefly in the way the Holy Spirit has ministered to you. If you don't remember anything, tell the Lord, help me to serve you to the end. Help me not to derail. Let me not be overwhelmed by the challenges and troubles of life. Help me. I know I cannot help myself. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man to inherit the entire universe and to lose his soul? Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Father, we want to thank you for speaking to us again about the life and the ministry of James, the first bishop of Jerusalem. Lord, we pray as indicated in the college today that you will help us to emulate his good life of dedication and commitment to your service and so strengthen us to the very end that we shall not fall by the wayside, but that we shall serve you to the end. These are many other things we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.